Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Kate McMahon. <gasps> Hi. Hello. It feels good to be back, Mary, I have to say. Like feeling the swing, feeling the vibe. Oh, I'm happening. feeling like I should be drawing like a crown on your head right now. <laughs> If you haven't picked up, we're going to be talking about Basie Talk today. And I have to say, Mary, this was probably one of the least expected but most joyous episodes of that season three drop for me. Like just so inventive, something we've never seen before, not only just in Bluey, but in general in kids. And I'm here for it, you know, because who doesn't love a filter? Like, you know, like honestly... (laughs) So often I'm talking to my girlfriends, you know, by a FaceTime, and then if a small person interrupts, the first thing they go for is the filter setting. So, yeah. you know, and and the joy that it brings by turning your child into a dog or an alien or, you know, having pizza chomp into their mouth, you know, when they open it, you know, it's just another level of simple joy <laughs> that other eras of parents um, missed out honestly, on really the only thing technology has ever given us it's it's a pretty good thing really <laughs> <laughs> mum can we do facey talk with muffin and socks uh please yeah that's fine Oops. it's probably not the only thing but you know <laughs> <laughs> tech is rad it really is. It really and, is. And all the gorilla faces and bikini tops that come with it. <laughs> I mean, this episode really for me has it all. It's got Muffin who, you know, like I just want to put out there right from the start, like what a performance from Muffin Cupcake Healer. We even find out her middle oh. name. I love <laughs> that she's not just one baked good but two, like double the carbs. How could that ever be a bad thing? Uh, yes. Yeah, they've really they've doubled down as, look, is anyone surprised, yeah, that Stripe and Tricks might be taking a bit extra from the bakery than you know, <laughs> the average dog couple. Like, bless them. What do you think was the inspiration? Like, can you imagine, like, it's like, oh, I like, do you reckon it was like, a, I like muffin, I like cupcake. Oh, actually, let's have muffin cupcake. Or do you think, like, maybe cupcake is a family name and they're trying to pay homage to as well? well what is the equivalent in our human world? Like, we know, like, you know, there was that great, was it controversy? Was it just, you know, universal bemusement when um, Gwyneth Paltrow had a daughter called Apple? But <laughs> if they called her Apple Pear, like, that would have been muffin cupcake healer. Like. Yeah, potentially. Mm. Um, we with Liv used to spend a lot of time in hospitals and I always took great delight in discussing ridiculous children's names with the nurses and <laughs> I'm like the worst examples that they'd seen. So, um, you know, and um, I apologise profusely in advance if this just happens to be your child's name, but um, like they were talking about twins called mm-hmm. Ben 
Benson and Hedges. Um, oh, which no was, way. Yes, That's made yeah, up. No, it was true. Um, Is that a cigarette brand everywhere? Do you think? I they- don't know if it's a cigarette brand everywhere, but it was definitely like a cigarette brand here in Australia. When, <laughs> like, these babies are particularly smoking. Like, what, how do you? Oh. <laughs> uh, baby called Lovely Perfume. Um, oh. Baby called Absidy, which is spelled A B C D E. Yeah, look, I I feel like you're being trolled, Kate. No, I'm, I swear, <laughs> I am not trolly type nurses. Oh my god, no, these are these are real names. It's someone who'd named their entire lot of kids all like names themed on poker. So there was like Ace and Jack, and <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I forget oh, what the other ones yeah, were. No, but... that, well, our river is named River. He's the dog, not the child, yeah, yeah. but because of poker, because oh, we really? bet it all on the river. But, um, oh. yeah, hadn't, hadn't thought of extending that to children. We'll have to have more children now. So you put this great <laughs> idea in my head. <laughs> Look, I just don't think you were creative enough with your naming <laughs> yeah, your children. Fail. You clearly missed the boat. It's naming them all after, I don't know, some bizarre brand of car or something so Mm. yep yep oh well work on that one yes (laughs) (laughs) um you said this episode packs in so much I'm going to start uh with credit where it's due I had not even noticed how much it packed in until I was listening to our uh the lovely blokes over at the hammer barn project who have recapped this episode so this was a bit of a surreal experience for me because in the recapping of Bluey episodes podcasting world we have been kind of ahead of the race for quite some time but the others are catching up and um (laughs) as I listened to them describe what this episode was about I had just a jaw drop it is about that moment and then like oh and I didn't say it in the recap and then but we haven't recapped it yet, so I can say it. So, <laughs> so, uh, I'm not saying I'm copying my homework uh, directly from them, but inspired uh, by yeah, that's okay. Uh, it could be an homage. Let's do to the boys. Um, they've done some great recaps lately, including go back and listen to it because they have recapped uh, Tina oh. and Kate. I felt so bad listening to it because they found so much joy in that episode really? <laughs> that we did oh. and anyone who listened possibly through gritted teeth to our recap did not find so <laughs> so yeah it pays to shop around get the full perspective from all the bluey recap podcasts is what I am saying so uh thank you I'm sorry you Boys. cannot change my mind on that one I'm sorry it's just not my favorite that's okay you know like <sighs> most of Bluey is my favorite yeah. no it's fair yeah because you know what happens when you hog don't you yes we know what happens when you hog wait do we hi hi muffin hi ah stop stop hogging Kate what is Bandit doing at the start of this episode <laughs> So, like, he's beatboxing, which I took so much joy from just because um, my children have recently discovered that if you ask Siri to beatbox, she will say cats and boots and cats and boots and, you know, or something like okay. that. So, yeah, like, it, it, it's Siri's got it going on. So, it's pretty good entry level beatboxing advice, actually. Huh. So, with like, like the hacks you hear, like, 
I once heard a comedian say if he ever wanted to impersonate an Irish accent, he just had to say potatoes and that would get him in the <laughs> fresh kind of mood. Potatoes. But, no, I can't do it. <laughs> well, look, he'd probably, you know, done a bit of practice as well. But, uh, yeah, having a, the right words to start with when you're beatboxing mm. is probably half the battle. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think, like, beatboxing to me is one of those things that I admire greatly anyone who does it but it seems just like a kind of a mystery as to how they do it like mm. how do you discover that you can beatbox do you just pra- like is it something that can be acquired through practice yeah or is it a naturally like occurring skill like you know being able to roll your tongue or something that one day you just try and oh my god I can actually do it no. like, I don't know I have a feeling it's one of those immersive things if you just like surrounded by beatboxing all the time which sounds like cruel and unusual torture now that I sound it out, say it out loud. But, but okay, so Bandit is clearly advanced enough that he can both beatbox and like sort of cut a rug at the same time because he's also doing moves that to me at one point looks like the single lady's dance move. Like, <laughs> what is like Beyonce style. And he's in the yeah. kitchen. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Chili's unpacking the dishwasher. Like, you know, we all know who's the MVP in this scenario. So <laughs> bless. But a uh, lot of dishwasher debate, even in uh, Tina that we talked recently. But, yeah, because uh, she is clearly getting stuff done and who knows what Bandit's doing, not surprising that, yes, yeah, she's happy to hand the girls over to the tablet when they come with the question, facey talk. Mm. But no hogging the little facey face thing, okay? Louie, I'm talking to you. Yes, Mum, no hogging. What is facey talk for you, Mary? Do you think it's like the Blueyverse version of FaceTime? Because there's quite a bit of debate as to like if these sorts of filters are available on Snapchat or if it's through like other apps and things. See, I'm a very late adopter and it was really only lockdown and, you know, FaceTiming people a lot more that got me and the kids into using the filters. Mm. So, yeah, I have no idea. But this the, the drawing aspect of this actually does look quite fun. Mm. Is it out there? Apparently the internet says that Snapchat you can draw uh, on. Like, okay. As if the girls are calling each other through Snapchat. So, anyway, maybe it's a thing. Maybe I'm just not. Advanced. Maybe I should hand my phone to my kids next time FaceTiming to see what they come up with. But yeah, usually it's the gorilla with the bra <laughs> equivalent of whatever the reality thing is. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I, I love that for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I find like Bluey episodes are so good at coining a phrase. So facey talk as a portmanteau didn't exist mm. before, as far as I can tell, much like. Uh, a chicken rat or uh, many other things in the Blueyverse. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> does that make it Ludo copyright and could someone launch a FaceTime app based entirely on this episode now? Oh, like, and would that put more phones at risk of ending up in pools? Like, <laughs> probably. High possibility. But, yeah, maybe it could just be like a five-minute like – I'm imagining like some sort of filter app thing where you could call people and draw, but then like at the five minute mark, you get like muffin pop up and go, stop hogging. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And like, just, uh, you know, as soon as the girls like make that call to Muffin and mm-hmm. Socks even like breathes a little bit close to her, she is so hot on the stop hogging. <laughs> like, uh, and who could have seen it terrifying. coming? Uh, obviously Chili. Obviously we've been doing this road before because, yeah, even as she hands the uh, tablet to the girls um, to dial in, it's the the good advice that um, remember not to hog because you know what happens when you hog. And Bluey's little half questioned but half distracted, like, wait, wait, do we? Like it just yeah. sets up this episode so beautifully. And, yeah, I like from that point it's almost the pantomime-ish episode like there's so much of that he's behind you to come and all that kind of thing Mm. um yeah the the way this steps through even though it's so original is just so like traditionally perfect storytelling I love it yeah it's definitely up there for me I have to say Mary did your kids know what hogging was prior to this episode because my kids had never heard that term like they heard about like you know not taking turns or not sharing but they didn't really understand what hogging meant that is a good question um I don't know if they would have actually but they certainly knew by the end of the episode Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) so very educational uh no I think our messaging has always just been so pro sharing not anti-hogging Mm. But, yeah, it's always good to have the light side and the dark side laid out. <laughs> That's true. How does how does um, hogging conversations go in your house? Because I have to say, I've been reading blogs lately, much oh, like Art oh, Tricks. Oh. And um, yeah, like um, one of my favourite Instagram people is Dr. Becky at mm-hmm. Good, Good Inside. Um, she's got a prolific Instagram thing. And she did a really interesting thing the other day about um, – you know, it's not so much about sharing, it's about encouraging your children to turn take. Okay. Um, Because, like, imagine if you were in the middle of, like, say, reading a book and someone came over to your house and was like, oh, I want to read that book. And you're like, well, hang on, I'm in the middle of it, but I'll let you know when I'm done kind of thing. And if they just, like, someone else came in and was like, no, you should give her that book right now kind of thing Mm. and let her have a turn, you would rightly feel pretty outraged and probably hide your book next time like that friend came over so that they wouldn't just take your book. Um, So she was talking about like how having strong boundaries around turn taking and being like so-and-so is playing with this toy now. As soon as they're done, you can play with it kind of thing is a better way of framing that sharing conversation. But then, I don't know, it's such a hot issue for debate, isn't it? Yeah. I think we see where that can go even within this episode (laughs) if it's uh, uh, a turn of a certain ukulele that you're having. Hey, that's my ukulele. You lended it to me. Yeah, but that was ages ago. I'm still playing with it. It's still still going. Oh my goodness! All right, well, let's get into this. So we, um, we the girls have made the call, and Uncle Stripe is just in the background, a pretty like relatable position, really, on his back, scrolling on his phone. Tricks is sort of milling around, like hi, girls, but also just has places she needs to be. Oh, don't we all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. No, uh, <laughs> it's not a tap out at this point, but I'll keep you posted. Um, yeah, look, it's it's a chaotic setup, uh, but also uh, 
that those first few exchanges, I love how uh, many, you know, we're going to hear the muffin cupcake healer, but muffles and muffy are also mm, being thrown mm, around, mm. which we haven't heard before. Like, um, no. yeah, this is excellent character development for muffin. <laughs> <laughs> muffin is my turn. Not yet. Hi, girls. Hi, Aunt Trixie. Muffles, make sure you give Socks a go drawing the silly stuff, okay? But I'm not finished. Muffy! Socks, get off! But even, yeah, we know it's all going to go to hell, but even that first line that she says, oh, you know, girls take turns drawing the silly stuff, I feel like that sets up that Muffin and Socks feel like they're not being taken seriously in this episode. Oh, same um, yeah, so there's there's going to – and we're getting into the stripe versus muffin kind of setup. But, um, but yeah, the this is – I felt like, yeah, from the start, the girls have been very empowered by Chili saying, yes, you can, giving it to them and trusting them with it, whereas it's kind of a half-hearted attempt by both parents at the stripe and Trixie household to actually – kind of put boundaries around it from the start. Like Trixie's mm. not even taking it seriously. It's just the silly stuff. So I feel like that's being absorbed and I think that's yelling yeah. out to me because there is a lot of stuff my kids do that I would describe as the silly stuff <laughs> and have to catch myself to be like, okay, no, actually the series that we're watching or, you know, the the millionth game of chess as it is at the moment. That oh, Bob really? Play, really or, into chess. Or, or just you know the the every cushion being piled in the middle of the lounge room to make whatever it is like the moment I kind of like oh just just dismiss it is when the pushback really starts on them not wanting to negotiate at all Mm, interesting Uh, so there's some parenting advice to, I can put in a blog for Trixie, but oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't have the solution. I just know the problem at this point. <laughs> that clickbait article would just go off, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Muffy, there's the timer. Sox's turn now. Yay! I have to finish my cowboy hat. Hmm? No, you don't have to finish your cowboy hat. You have to give Socks a turn. But I want to finish my cowboy hat. Muffy... So Muffin's having her turn and she's drawing a pretty um, impressive looking cowboy hat. Ah, I have to say, this was a good cowboy hat tutorial really, Mm. wasn't it? Like, you know, how you can draw it sort of with the different shapes and then fill it in and it looks really good. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Bluey. That was a nice whole generation of kids that's going to know how to draw a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Um, but things start to go south when Socks, like Stripe, wants to set. Stripe sets a timer basically so that Socks can be guaranteed of having her turn. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, the five-minute timer always just goes off. Like it feels like about two seconds later when it's your turn, and yeah. an hour later when it, it feels like when it's someone else's. Um, and Muffin is not happy. Muffin Healer, give your sister a turn now. But I want to do a cowboy hat. Just give her a turn, Muffin. No. Muffin Cupcake Healer. Cowboy hat. If you say cowboy hat one more time, you'll be in timeout. Cow. Boy. Everyone at this point wants to see how the cowboy hat's going to finish up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a kind of smart way of putting you maybe just a little bit on Muffin Cupcake Healer's <laughs> side. Uh, but 
if you'd set out, and we know that, you know, when Joe Brum writes an episode, he sets out to be very specific, uh, set out to kind of put a nice laundry list together of how not to negotiate with <laughs> a preschooler. Um, I, I feel like Stripes ticked every box here because for a start, He's like, I'll turn it off, and the screams of horror. He he's backing down, so he's not holding his ground. Yeah, timers, like you say, so arbitrary when they're cutting across a creative endeavor. Um, <laughs> and then what he ends up with is if you say cowboy hat one more time, and that is just the like, what's wrong with saying cowboy hat? Like the queen yeah. herself would say cowboy hat. Uh, so. Um, yeah, the kind of unreasonableness or meaninglessness of the boundary he's building. Like Muffin's sensing that and it's, yeah, Muffin is also sensing blood in the water at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, like that steely determination, like surely there oh. is nothing more terrifying than a very small child who just looks at you dead in the face and then is like, cow, boy, hat. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like, I'm not here to mess around. You know, yeah. it's a real yeah. it's a real big boss energy oh gosh. not her first rodeo no absolutely not <laughs> by um, hat or otherwise she gets put in timeout pretty quick but uh yes um stripes victory here is extremely short-lived <laughs> i'm sorry girls but muffin was hogging so she can't do your facey call thing anymore i can she needs to learn that other people have what the? Ah, muffin! Ah, she's got my phone. The horror and also just the chaos it adds to have another little uh, screen pop up. Like, yeah, it really, you know, the amount going on that you have to be across. Like, it's I found that hard to watch. Like, you know, and I've been, I've been in a lot of Teams meetings over a long time <laughs> with a lot going on in different little windows. Um, but yeah, for kids to be absorbing that, it did seem like a very brave kind of approach. Yeah, two thoughts from my end. Like, um, Joe, my baby, is no longer a baby. He's going to be turning three in May, which is terrifyingly close, and I can't believe it's been that long. Um, But he has grown up, like, in the pandemic where everyone – has been on the other side of a screen. So for him watching this, it was just normal, you know, to see in little windows into different sort of angles, even when people are in the same office in my previous role, we'd all be on teams together and things Mm -hmm. like that. So like I found sort of like, oh, what's happening over there? What's happening over there? Difficult to keep up. And he was absolutely fine with it. (laughs) That was an initial learning that I was like, oh, wow, we really like have grown up differently. Um, And then I just have to take my hat off to the animation team here because it is so hard, the level of detail that goes into every frame of Bluey. And they're not just doing one frame here. like Totally, yeah. They're doing three the whole time, you know, and and right across. So it's effectively doing three times the work in miniature all at the same time. I just yes, oh my gosh, amazing. I hadn't even thought about that, but totally, yeah. And they kind of like to even to sort of plot out how to do kind of plot development when you can only see the screens. Yes, like so well done. But has and. Did you watch any kind of those shows popping up through the pandemic that tried to do the same thing, kind of drama through just people remotely connecting with each other? 
No, I ha- I oh, not really. I did see like there was like a Nancy Myers brief like I don't know, 10-minute thing um, and it was like a reunion of the father of the bride or something like that. Like they, okay. there seemed to be quite a few like Zoom calls bringing actors and people together to yes. sort of do yeah. like little plot things and, yeah, in it, it was like Steve Martin and Diane Keaton and they were doing okay. like a Zoom call with the family but then like it was like a little movie. It's probably on YouTube or something. Um, did it work? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a cute little ten minute thing, but you know it was kind of okay. like, yeah, because like some were quite highly produced. Like, and there's one that's had series after series. I can't remember the name, but it's it's on ABC in Australia, and it's with a former Doctor Who. Oh, um, Matt Smith or um, definitely one of them, David Tennant. <laughs> They're all the same person, David Tennant. Um, oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah but I, I haven't watched that. But there was one just a single series one that was sort of popped up in July 2020 called Retrograde, which was kind of, which was Australian and like 30-somethings kind of questioning all their life choices and working out, you know, how to live in pandemic and trying to still have uh, romances and work out where their love lives were going uh, in, in deep lockdown, which was quite well done and they... The the personality the personalities of the characters just had to be so big to make it work. So there was there was not a single kind of uh, what would you call it like uh, shy and retiring type in this friendship group because it just wouldn't have worked on on you know bringing out their narrative through just being on a screen. Um, but yeah, all you ever saw was their their calls and people dropping out of the conversation and coming back in and then then the text chat off to the side and sometimes you know they'd accidentally you know there was side text chats and they'd text the wrong person in the wrong chat and things like that so imagine if uh this episode also had a text (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh uh but my gosh no no, it's chaotic enough um but yeah like I'm kind of the last thing you need is emojis from muffin popping up through. Oh, it. totally! <laughs> I, I would not be devastated if I never watched that kind of show again. But I, <laughs> but I'm pretty happy that it's like it's capped out the genre. There were some good talk. examples though, like because um, I read I haven't seen this film, but I read a uh, feature um, by the writer Katie Brand who. Um, I met years and years ago in London and um, she did the, the script for good, I think it was like um, Good For You, Leo, I forget the oh, yeah. Grande with um, Emma Thompson. Yes. And, and that was like a whole, I didn't realise, but apparently there was a whole genre of um, creative shows that needed to be produced that could only have like two people like in them, wow. like one location because of COVID restrictions. So, yeah. um, so it was like a very small film, like all set in one room oh, with so two smart. people. Yeah, and um, Emma Thompson stars it, but it's up for all these BAFTA awards now. So, yeah, I think done well, that sort of genre mm. is incredible. Muffin, you get off my phone this instant. Ugh. He's coming, Muffin. Ah! Muffin! Radical A will only make 
Make it worse. <laughs> I wonder what came first, the, the script that fitted the COVID yeah. safe, or they're like, right, what's what could happen with two people in a room? Yeah. Like, <laughs> three years at me. <laughs> Quite a few things, I feel. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's landed in an interesting place. This is a family show, Mary. Keep it that way. Uh, uh, so, well, is it a family show? We're about to see... <laughs> A lot more hogging and someone on a toilet eventually, uh, <laughs> but not in America. Are we not there yet? Yeah, well, let's let's start with the chase. So Marvin takes off at speed with Stripe's phone, determined to finish her cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> now she takes a turn up this flight of stairs and is running down a hallway. Now, Mary, you and I often talk about, you know, is the blue verse like how we imagine things to be when we're a child. Yes. But Muffin's hallway is enormous. You know, it is. I think I counted 12 door, separate doors going off the sides of the corridor as she was yeah. running down. Although, actually, within this episode, the difference of perspective between adult and child on house size and furniture in it is quite neatly captured because Stripe says there's only so many beds in this house yeah. and, and that's his, like, you know, this is this yeah. is doable. I can find her <laughs> under one of the beds. Whereas when Trixie's hiding behind a couch, Muffin's like, we've got so many couches. <laughs> So yeah, it's. I think there is a difference of perspective there that that plays. But look, I think by anyone's standards, big or little, this is a gigantic house. <laughs> and Stripe wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and look, I think watching the chaos unfurl, like the girls, I think are initially like quite sort of like they're not they're not overly trying to support Muffin, but you know they're they're helping her out. They're telling her where he is and things mm-hmm. and giving her advice on where to hide and then like until Bluey spots her ukulele under the bed which um, I think we first see in bedroom um, yes yeah and then um, yeah and then it's sort of like oh actually you know like I think that first demonstration of oh this is hogging you know Muffin's been hogging my guitar yeah. my ukulele and- this is, yeah, it's, this is what can happen when you hog. It's like Chili's words kind of ringing true, like yeah. bad things happen um, when hoggers aren't, aren't curtailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we need to talk for a second because, um, you know, Muffin's sort of under the bed for a little while and then she sort of sprints out again. But um, Bandit, I just love how he comes out and he's like, run, Muffin! Good gravy, what's going on? Uncle Stripe is chasing Muffin. <laughs> Classic stripe. Get back here, Muffin! Run, Muffin! Yeah. He is enabling this, yeah, this chaos, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and I love to when he's, like, he learns that Uncle Stripe's chasing her and he's like, oh, classic stripe. Uh, <laughs> didn't we hear that line in, I want to uh, say, Whale Watching? Like, you I know, agree. like. Definitely. Um, was there another? No, maybe not. But yeah, that that light in whale watching was very heartwarming. Because um, yeah. I think and, he jumped in the pool or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah. And it was what woke Muffin up and alerted yeah. her to the fact Chili was dancing on the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> classic Which, stripe. Uh, amazing, <laughs> classic Chili. Tell me if he's out there. It's clear, but Muffin, I don't think I should help you. What about now? Oh, not clear. Not clear. Ah! 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 Ah!
the chase ends up in the bathroom and this <laughs> could there have been a worse place to go no, this, a, uh, this actually did make me feel slightly uncomfortable but you know i'm <laughs> i'm still pleased that the characters in bluey you know like uh, i i've i've read clickbait articles on this before but it's nice to have going to the toilet kind of normalized in a show right yeah. like, because it's something we all need to do and I feel like a lot of TV shows just gloss over the fact that people need to go to the toilet. Well, yes, very nice uh, and something absolutely we all do, except yet again in America because <laughs> the version of this on Disney Plus, uh, our US listeners will be wondering what on earth we're talking about, it actually crops in that scene. So oh. you only see Muffin's head and Trixie, even though she is uh, – covered uh by the yeah, magazine she she's reading on the, the toilet yeah. uh yeah is not in the shot at all you can't tell that she's on the toilet you just oh. it's established by a voice that they're in the bathroom so oh, um yeah. so yeah the the bigger reveal uh more than Trixie and whatever state of undress she's in on the toilet uh is that <laughs> state of undress they have I no clothes like what is it anyway anyway debate for another day is that her important thing she had to do was go to the toilet. Like that felt very relatable. Uh, oh I mean, when you have a baby, honestly, like some days having a shower would just be like the only thing on the to-do list that would get done, right? Like it felt yeah. like a mammoth job. Or not get done. Or not get done. So, yeah, I can – going to the toilet is definitely a thing that needs doing and I'm sure you would relate when I often – I'm like, oh, I need to go to the toilet. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh, I still really need to go to the toilet because yes. 10 million things have happened in that time. And you're like, I haven't got there yet. So, yeah, when you do get there, not beyond the realms of possibility that you might try and get some reading done uh, <laughs> in that time as well. So, more power to tricks. Uh, but of course, that brings everyone to the bathroom for the big. Uh, the biggest drama of this episode yet. <laughs> What's going on? I'm handling it. It doesn't look like you're handling it. Uh, you guys? Time out. We don't do timeout anymore. What? Since when? I read a blog. You didn't tell me. Because you're never here. Hey, uh, guys. Just let me handle it, Stripe. And um, this is probably the bit, actually, Mary, like, you know, like where the argument that then sort of unfolds between Tricks and Stripe... And I know our Hammerbun compadres had their take on it, that, you know, it's about whether or not you're hogging the parenting. Mm. And, like, and Stripes does say sometimes I feel that you hog the parenting. Like it descends there pretty quickly, like after like, I put her in timeout, I read a blog, you know, uh, we yeah, don't do yeah. that anymore. I think it's pretty rich for Stripe to turn around and say, you're hogging the parenting. <laughs> Like, more than a bit rich, to be honest, when, like, Trix is like, you're never here. So it was like, well, you know, she's clearly doing her best. And, uh-huh. and I think this is a very relatable moment for a lot of women. You know, like, men don't have boobs. Women are often the people that take at least the first stint of a baby being at home. Yeah, and, and socks is only yeah. one, maybe two at the most at this point. Yeah, and, you know, you because you spend time at home, you get to know your little person probably better than the person or partner that's not at home all the time. 
and they come to expect attention from you as well. And it's really difficult to get out of this zone where there's a preferred parent or yes. that, that um, you know, we struggled with it as well. You know, like you have a parent who takes time out of the workforce and mm-hmm. they look after things like maybe the cooking and the cleaning and house and life admin. And then when they go back to work, they still doing a lot of that mental load stuff. So is that hogging? I don't think it is. But then I also have witnessed, you know, when other parents, you know, who maybe aren't the ones that have spent the time at home come in and like have a go and they get Mm -hmm. shut down really quickly as being wrong. Yeah. Rather than like allowed to try. So... Like really, someone just needs to sit down with the kids and tell them it's up to you guys to make it fair, okay? <laughs> Demand both equally from both of us and everything will be right. <laughs> no, but seriously, like I think, you know, for so many women, I mean all the stats say about the unpaid labour of parenting and, and household the mental load, and the mental yes. load, all that sort of thing. And you know, even with task allocation, you know, if if you have a partner who's like, oh, what can I do to help? You know, you've still got to then in your mind have a little list of all the things that need doing and work out like what bits other people can do. So it's like a managerial role almost, you know, or like a project manager thing. So, yeah, I, I, I felt bad for tricks when Stripe said sometimes I feel that you hog the parenting. And yeah. I also felt a little bit bad for Stripe because I've seen particularly dads get shut down before for, do, in inverted commas, doing the wrong thing rather than being allowed to try what works for them and learn their yeah, way. Yeah, totally. And is it though? Like clearly the message of this episode is hogging is bad. <laughs> Is Trixie but being used to hog? <laughs> yes. Or, but is that one line casting Trixie as the villain, or are we? Because I felt this. I'm like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> oh, I feel completely outraged because like, <laughs> we're like just very poised to be triggered. <laughs> Maybe. Can you mute it? Yeah, we can. I feel like you hog all the parenting. Oh. Is it this one? I don't mean No, to. try this one. If you say oh, one no, thing, that's not say it. another. The kids oh, get confused. You can turn the sound back on when Stripe and Tricks are finished chatting, okay? Yes, Dad. On the flip side, they do resolve it very quickly. Oh, and yeah. because of, and we can't hear what's being said, but I think it's a really nice touch that actually as they're talking through their issues, suddenly we're getting uh, through yet another button that, uh, Muffin has mashed as she draws her cowboy hat and runs for a dear life. Uh, we're getting like a um, a photo montage playing of what looks very much like Tricks and Stripe pre-kids. Mm. Very happy, clearly a team. And that kind of, you know, all the reasons why we're together thing can be really hard to remember in the heat of that moment. And, you know, chances are as they have it out, in the bathroom, um, when then remembering to get that five minutes on the loo on your own, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, for everyone watching, it's like, yeah. But you know, 
they're not just thrown together by fate to wrangle this monster that is muffin cupcake healer. <laughs> they they have history to tap into. They've got, you know, they were a team before. They can keep being a team. And, yeah, I thought that was just a really nice extra layer. Mm. Um, although I really would have loved to hear what they were saying as well. <laughs> oh, I know, right? And just, like, use it as a template for future arguments. Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what we future need to do. It's just like you're in a reconciliation. What are you doing? It's like you're hogging parenting. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, uh, it's like yeah. a pious card. Yeah. Just yeah. take it down. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just what makes me like all the things you can hog, like, you know. You're hogging bin night. Like you're like, like there's just so many things that yeah, just uh Yeah, I don't yeah, I think that's probably got me is because I think just from personal experience, I don't think a lot of my female friends would choose to hog parenting, but for whatever reason they've ended up doing the majority. Yes. Because of circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And the patriarchy. And the patriarchy. Burn mm. down. <laughs> I feel like if anyone's going to burn the patriarchy, it's Muffin. Thank God. Well, look, yeah, she's got a very good <laughs> chance. Uh, she's got good role models both in her parents, but we also see Stripe trip over a cat squad bike uh, in this episode. And then the uh, the fearless felines of cat squad are also all over her um, bedding. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, good good cartoon role models as well. It was well. such a nice little um, Easter egg too from library to see the cat squad vehicle again. And, yeah, yes. Stripe just is taking still down. making noise, still, yeah, like defeating foes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is for Muffin's purse. Protection. <laughs> uh, Muffin, better look behind you. Why? <laughs> Muffin, I would urgently advise you to stop right now. Listen to your father. So the girls can see that Tricks and Stripe have kind of made up and yep. Watch out, they're right behind you. Um, working as a team, this can only spell doom for one muffin cupcake healer. So, um, yeah, she is running for her life. And uh, then we get to our final climatic, chaotic scene. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love that, um, yeah, as Muffin is cornered in the back in the lounge room where Socks has just been calmly drawing all this time. I'm so glad Stripe and Trix have got a Socks in their life as well because she is just growing into the the darlingest of darlings that doesn't even look like she bites people anymore. Um, yeah, the I love that it's a disc, it's a it's a dog toy that Muffin accidentally trips on and the phone goes fly. Of but course, what is it that she yells as she like just before that happens? Does she yell freedom or something like that? Like, is that a bit of a brave heart moment? It's, it's a very last gasp kind of move, isn't it? I yeah, I didn't watch it with subtitles, so I'm not sure. But I thought she yells like freedom, which to <laughs> me was like Mel Gibson Braveheart kind yeah. of. Yeah, she's yeah. yeah, she's never say die. Um, yeah. and with her markings, she kind of looked like she had the face paint a little <laughs> bit, like 
Well, I suspect Muffin hasn't seen how that movie ends. (laughs) Perhaps it's a good lesson for us all. There are worse places than Time Out. Um, (laughs) My heart was in my mouth as the phone uh, display, not display, like as what we were seeing on that phone is just sky, then water, then sky, then water. Like it would have been so fun to animate that. Oh my God, but so complicated, right? Because it's basically like a 360 degree rotating view yes. in one of the things. And you're trying to make it marry with like what you can see in the other frame, which is Stripe, Trixie and Muffin all at that balcony, like watching the phone fall. Mm. Like, I just thought so clever, and I've never seen anything like it as well. Like, what an innovative way to tell a story! It was really and, cool. And just yeah, bubbles and <laughs> cut out. it's fair to say, like Bluey and Bingo have just been like mouths of gold oh, the whole wow. time watching. <laughs> Never, yeah, like whatever they watch on TV, it's not art. They're not allowed to watch this level. <laughs> There's been no drawing on their screen for this whole time. Meanwhile, Socks is just like, yeah, whatever. This is this is another day in paradise, you know, like. Yeah, uh, um, yeah look, it's it's so, it's She's amazing. She's actually drawn like a field of flowers with the sun shining, like nothing is wrong in her world. Uh, it's great and then yeah uh if there's anything can unify parents uh (laughs) of course it's catastrophe and yeah suddenly tricks and stripe are on exactly the same page blog advice notwithstanding and it's sorry dad muffin yes time out okay and muffin yeah accepts it like perhaps this is the start of a an exciting new chapter for Muffin, <laughs> accepting what <laughs> parents tell her. Well, we do see um, following this episode Granny Mobile featuring Muffin. So, you know, maybe she mm. has learned her, like she's paid her penance and she's trying to turn a leaf for good after this. But, yeah, what a way <laughs> to go down. And, and yeah, you're right, Mary, that little crackle of the phone and then the screen goes black. It's just yeah. oh. perfection. <laughs> Finish. Oh, wow, that's great, Socks. Thank you. We don't get much after that. Like, obviously, you know, that's it's the justices served kind of ending. <laughs> but I love the add-on in this, and it might even be my Brene moment, I reckon, Kate, that um, you then realise in the final scene that Bluey has been having her turn for this entire time and Bingo finally pipes up and says, can she have her turn now? And Bluey's learnt the lesson that she's seen on the screen and hands it over. But it almost makes me wonder, is the message, well, you can hog if you've already built enough trust <laughs> with the person <laughs> that you're hogging from. That, yeah, Bingo knew she would get a turn eventually and she was prepared to let Bluey hog in the meantime because she just knew her turn was coming. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like I think there's that spirit of generosity, isn't there, that means that relationships are on sure of footing. Um, one thing actually that was my Brene Brown moment, Mary, was – in those last few seconds of the um, screenplay, if you like, or like the mm-hmm. of the action on the screen, 
And Stripe and Trixie are still standing on the balcony. Muffin's gone off to timeout and Stripe's looking out over the balcony at his phone. And Trixie just goes to move her paw onto his arm. (laughs) And for me, that was a really moving moment of repair. And, And it got me thinking about how vital it is that in any relationship where there's, you know, been tension or whatever, that both parties are actively trying to repair. And, you know, even when they were having that little conflict in the bathroom, tricks and stripe, you know, like he's trying to reach out and touch her arm and like reassure her. But mm. like, and he immediately goes to, you know, uh, I feel like you're hogging the parenting, you know. So like, I think that's his way of trying to be a bit vulnerable, you know, like, you know, like, I feel like excluded. Yeah. But I just thought that little gesture from Trix right at the very end was such a generous move because it shows that she's on his side and they're they're that team. And it is a kind of moment that needs sympathy as well. He's lost something quite precious to him. (laughs) Like, lucky that much didn't go in as well. Uh, But. Um, but yeah, yeah like the parallel between the girls is like when you've got that trust and that relationship. And if there is conflict, you can repair it much more you easily. Can. Yeah. yeah, and it's never going to be fair in every moment. That you know, someone's always having a turn and someone's not. But yeah, playing the long game like Bingo does, waiting mm. for her turn, and yeah, Stripe wanting to be there even if he's uh, botching it spectacularly. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. It's seasons and, yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe it wasn't as much villain casting as I initially thought, actually. Perhaps that was to make the bigger message land that, yeah, that Bluey and Bingo bring home too. Can I have a turn now, Bluey? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks. No problem. Because we know what happens when you hog. Who's your MVP? Uh, I think, oh gosh, maybe Muffin for going to timeout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's just Muffin for the chaos. Like, you know, like, I just love yeah. that energy so much. Yeah, look, it's it's so Muffin. I love it. Um, But uh, maybe a special mention for Socks, who, like you said, her art is spectacular. And even once the credits are rolling, you know, the little animation down in the bottom corner, yeah. it's her art too, which, oh. you know, always makes that feel a bit more special. I was, at the end of last year, I caught um, at Melbourne International Film Festival, Joe Brum was in Melbourne and did a session that like they played a few blueies on the big screen. Amazing. Oh, wow. uh, and then he sort of talked about things and he talked about, We've probably never really discussed that final little animation, but he said it was something the ABC said they had to include, oh. and uh, which I got the vibe he was, like, not so wrapped about that, like the seven minutes is perfect and why would you <laughs> add on anything in the credits? But um, I think in the early episodes it was just Bluey dancing, but they've almost made it now it highlights something really important that was mm. part of the episode. And, yeah, for it to be Socks' art, I feel like Socks would feel very chuffed. Um, but, yeah, I really watch carefully now what is in that little corner and um, what they're highlighting. And it's been things like Winton. Um, with his playing, muscles. Yeah, with his muscles in uh, 
stories and I love that oh, and yeah it's Stripe trying to open the boot of his car in Pizza Girls it was like, almost like a deleted scene like yeah. that didn't happen in the episode but yeah I loved that so yeah, yeah that's kind of uh, yeah a new um a new way to look for easter eggs to mm. keep watching the credits yeah yeah um Mary we couldn't possibly do Facey Talk <gasps> without talking about the music element of this and it is amazing so um yeah I'm sorry I'm just gonna launch straight into it um so there are quite a few themes within this piece the first I'm gonna describe as like um like you know uh actually I'll rewind even further before the bit where they're on the phone um so when they're just in the house the girls there's all this incredible bird song in the background and and I just want to really pay tribute to Dan Brum who also plays Uncle Stripe's voice um but he goes out and just records all these different birds because he reckons that that's the sound of Brisbane all these beautiful birds so he's in the money it's so good it's amazing so I just I love that so much and then once you hear it as well, you can't unhear it. It's quite mm-hmm. extraordinary. And then um, when the girls are in the phone thing to start, there's this repetitive repeating theme, almost like um, call centre hold music or something uh, like that yeah, going on actually, in the background. Yeah. Can I have a turn doing the drawing yet, Bluey? Um, yes, but can I just finish this? Cool. Yeah, and it just... It just keeps going. You know, it's like the song that never ends. I think it's like 16 <laughs> bars and it just flows into each other like, you know, like one of those reels on TikTok that like goes one mm. way and then it seamlessly just keeps looping around. Yeah. And I thought that that was quite clever having that parallel, like the girls are on the phone and they're in this holding pattern. You know, the action's not happening yet, but we're in this hold. Yeah. And then when the chase begins, <gasps> we immediately launch into um, Bizet's, um prelude for Carmen, the opera. Yes. And um, – so it's the the real chase music. Um now if you don't know about Bizet, let me tell you a little bit of information. So Bizet um has to thank uh the Franco-Prussian War for his fame. So so um let me give you a little bit of history because the thing is with music, it is so deeply tied to history that like you can't separate the two really and and what's happening in art and culture is often reflected in music of the time. Okay. So so um eighteen seventy good year. Bizet can't get work in Paris. You know, like like it's conservative (laughs) and um, like up till this point, you know, he's been low level, not much success, all this sort of thing. And um, because the the opera houses that had like the commissions and things tended towards a more conservative style. Mm -hmm. Everything changed with the Franco-Prussian War in 1870 to 1871. Now, if you're not familiar with your European revolutionary history, this was when France decided that the North German Confederation was getting too powerful and they decided to declare war. And that was a really terrible decision because some people now on reflection are like, ah, the Prussian Chancellor Otto von Bismarck (laughs) was probably 
poking France a bit and taunting them. And as soon as France invaded, he was like, hey, you four independent southern states of Germany, come and join us because, you know, France are invading and we need to protect our nation. Mm. So it probably like fast-tracked the confederation of Germany as we now know it. Ah. France lost. Um, But in this time, there was so much resentment from what Napoleon was trying to do in invading Prussia. And Paris was actually overtaken by something called the Paris Commune for for about a year. about a Mm year-ish. So this was a revolutionary government. Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't a year. It was like maybe a a couple of months period. But this was like a revolutionary government off the back of the war. Basically, the people in Paris um, were like, it was an anti-religious separation of church and state. They abolished child labour. Like it was uh, was socialist. It was progressive. It was very Mm -hmm. based in like communism and feminism and all these different movements. And it shook up so much conservatism that was in Paris at the time. Anyway... Long story short, like most revolutions in France, it ended in a very bloody, horrible way with like 15,000 people arrested and many were deported to New Caledonia and, you know, like there were people who were – anyway. But what the legacy of that that like – um, little revolution in Paris was at the time is that, that it sort of gave people this appetite for something new, something um, controversial, something okay. that they maybe hadn't seen before. So rather than sticking with the tried and tested, there all of a sudden was this opening for Bizet to be commissioned to do something different um, with the um, the. Com- the comic opera in Paris. So um, he had one show. It was just one act. Wasn't that successful? It went for about 11 shows, but it was successful enough, even though it was probably a bit more of a failure. But it it was good enough that they were like, all right, well, let's commission something bigger from you. And we'll get in some people who've worked with Offenbach, who we know from like the Can Can Dance in shops. Um, So they were like, right, we'll we'll get some good people in, you know, you can do this basically. And he came up with Carmen. Now, Carmen is um, set in southern Spain and Home and Away, Eat Your Heart Out, this this opera had it all. It had a love triangle between like a loyal soldier with a with a wild gypsy who stole his heart and he leaves his job and he leaves his young promised love. And then Carmen falls in love with a, a torador, like a bullfighter. Yeah. So the whole thing is quite tragic and, you know, like very – Sexy drama, drama, drama yep. filled, you know. So, um, and and this musical, even though it was sort of panned at the time, it ended up becoming a runaway success. Now, Carmen today is still one of the most played and performed operas in the world. Um, Bizet died before he saw that success. Like many what? classical, oh. like many classical composers, his real fame took off after he died. But um, if you know um, Habanera, like that's probably one of the most famous opera operatic yeah. songs in the world. Like your opera singer face, Kate, is perfection. And um, then, and then Torador as well. Like that's such well, a famous tune. Um, and, and we hear, so so the prelude, which we're hearing when Muffin chases, 
that's like the and then when um there there's a segment where she's under the bed hiding and it goes into the torridor music yes it does oh my gosh and then when she's chasing again it goes back to the prelude so um yeah, so there's there's all these like that's already what three really distinct different parts of composition mm. that Joff's done, and then there's another theme that happens when um, Strife and Trixie just after they are put on mute by the girls, and it's like this lovely sort of guitar theme that brings everything together to sort of acknowledge their moment of togetherness and unity. So. Yeah, so there's four really strong themes all throughout this. A real nod to one of the greatest composers ever and um, one of the best operas ever. And I just love the thought that there's going to be a generation of kids who maybe one day are dragged to the opera by their parents. And <laughs> hang on, this is all familiar. I know this song. Where do I know this song? Wow. And it would be because of Bluey. So well, before that. They might even uh, make it go viral on TikTok or something. <laughs> well, isn't there some like airport challenge or something on TikTok where people are like really being critical of the Australian accent because of the way we say airport? Really? Oh, yeah. How rude. There's like 15,000 uh, videos or something on TikTok about people like criticizing the way. Like being hmm. at the airport, I'm not going to the airport. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> that's the way you say. Oh, so confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will definitely look into that. But poor Bingo, how dare yeah, 15,000 people pick on yes. Bingo? I, um, I reckon Joff Bush, last time uh, we interviewed him, told us he was working on um, a score for Muffin at that time and was thinking uh Carmen oh ever since then I'd just been picturing like Muffin as a Toreador like just you know <laughs> the bull maybe I don't know but yeah look, I feel like this episode's uh use the music even better than just typecasting Muffin <laughs> she's fierce you know like if you're gonna have Muffin characterized as anything it would probably be a bullfighter you know like she's Definitely not um, the wailing gypsy lovelorn. She is <laughs> fighting all the way. So, yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten that Joff said that. That's made me happy that we kind of had the inside <sighs> run on that. Yeah. Good job, Joff. Yeah. Great job on the music. Nailed it. Line, Mary, do you have a favourite line? Uh, look, <laughs> it was just so me when Stripe, having learnt the hard lessons of uh, not parenting wrong um, and the pursuit with him and Trixie is afoot and he's like, I would urgently advise you to stop right now. <laughs> and it's just that trying not to yell at your kids but trying to be forceful but what is the point because it never works anyway. Like, yeah, I felt like that captured everything. In that just that, that line actually would be like, oh, Stripe probably works in government. <laughs> like, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> High level, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you? 
<laughs> um, for me, it was when Muffin like goes, eh, and he goes, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> so, this has been a long-running line in my house since this episode aired. Uh, <laughs> so much optimism. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will take that as a recap, Kate. Uh, that was a <laughs> Epic that was effort. a gallop, yeah. And I should say so many people on the socials call this episode out as their favourite and say it's just a masterclass. Like a lot of people I think with a filmmaking background calling it kind of a masterclass in just how to tell a story on a screen and, mm. yeah, agreed. Oh, 10 out of 10 from me. I would happily dial into this this madness uh if you would like to tell us a story on a screen you can at us where at bluey pod on instagram at bluey podcast on twitter uh gotta be done the bluey podcast on facebook or you can email us it's at bluey pod uh, it's bluey pod at gmail.com uh what a segue mary bowling that was amazing <laughs> so efficient at the final hurdle. Uh, yeah. Kate, it's been a non-efficient joy. <laughs> um, it's so nice seeing you on a screen. All so the flower gardens for you. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope Looks you're like not hiding everyone next week. week. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, it's got to be done. Bye. Socks, get off. Girls, I can't do this right now. I've got somewhere I need to be. Yeah! Uh, I can handle it. <laughs>